You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Carmelina Bacchino, and today we have Daniel Matteo in the studio with us. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Carmelina. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Um, how have you been? Yeah, good. Yeah, had a good weekend. That's yeah, good, good week so far. Things traveling well. Nice and easy. We're rounding up towards the end of the year now, aren't yeah. we? Mm. It's, it's, it's going too fast, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's, it's what has to happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's time. Um, so, Daniel, you're here for another episode of the Facets of Faith series, which has just been an absolute blast, and I've really enjoyed um, joining on with you um, for these series. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to? Um, let's just have a bit of a catch-up on what you've been doing in the last, uh, what's been happening in the next few weeks, I guess. Sorry, uh-huh. that was hard to get out. <laughs> yeah, we've Yeah, well, in the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be finishing up this series. Actually, yeah. it'll be my. Uh, I think we've got two episodes left yes. after today, and then um, yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up. I won't be on Faith FM any anymore. I'm yeah, as I mentioned before, relocating to Victoria. So yeah, my last show at the end of the month. Yeah. And we're going to miss you so much. Yeah, yeah. We're going to yeah, make it a little bit sad. We're going to miss everybody down here in Tassie as well. It's been a wonderful five mm. years we've been down here, and it's been wonderful to uh, yeah jump on and chat about things with you also. And uh, Tabitha before you also. Oh, yes, oh. yes. Good yeah. on Tabitha. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I could definitely say as a youth who is well, – I, I hope I still classify as youth, but I was definitely youth when you arrived. <laughs> um, I definitely enjoyed having you as our youth director, and whatever happens in Victoria, we're going to miss you, but I hope it is an absolute blast, and um, I'm sure God's got plans for you up there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, looking forward to it, and yeah, we'll keep praying for each other as well. We know that, uh, yeah, we'll run into each other around the traps. Oh, absolutely. Um, So, getting back into our program today, last week we covered The Voice. Um, Did did you want to give us a little recap in a nutshell what that was about? Yeah, well, really, we were talking about the way that God speaks to people in the church today. We were talking about different types of spiritual gifts uh, that, that God talks about in the New Testament and uh, you know the way that uh, that the Holy Spirit still moves and particularly the, the gift of prophecy and how mm. that works and yeah that's uh, that's what we we're chatting about it was yeah interesting discussion absolutely and you can catch all of the past series of the facets of faith series um, the past episodes on the faith FM app and the faith FM website be sure to check them out um, what have you got for us today on facets of faith yeah well today uh, our episodes called the rule and what we're really talking about is the Ten Commandments Mm. And we're talking about God's law, God's ethical standards, his principles of love that are for all time. And uh, and for us today, it teaches us how to love one another and how to love God. So that's what we're chatting about today. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. Um, before we start, shall we pray? Yes, please. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you that um, we are here and we have this opportunity to um, get together on Faith FM and look into your word, Lord. I pray that um, you be with everyone out there who is listening. I pray a special blessing on them, and I also pray a special blessing on Daniel. Um, Bless his words, Lord, and may um, the message he has prepared bless a heart today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, well, I remember when my nonno, my grandfather, passed away 
uh, you know, I, there was a couple of things that I I got of his after he he passed that uh, that I tre- well that I treasured, yeah, mm. and continue to treasure. Uh, one of them was his big leather jacket. Now, unfortunately, I wore that one pretty much out. I <laughs> when it, when he passed, I, I got his leather jacket that he used to wear, and uh, yeah, fixed it up a little bit. There was a couple of few tears in it, and I sewed it up. And as soon as I moved down here to Tasmania, I pretty much wore it every single day oh, no. for probably about three or four years. In mm. fact, I was wearing it the first time I met you. I remember I met yes, you in Devonport. I do. And uh, we were at a camp. Yes, yes, it was a big camp. That's yeah. right. And so, I, I, and I basically wore it until it fell apart. Oh. You know, I wore it on camps and I wore it on all sorts of things. And uh, yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah, it eventually fell apart. I'd throw it away, unfortunately. But, oh. but the other thing that I got of his because uh, he obviously uh, my grandfather he was a, a Italian fella. Mm. Uh, he was a he was a Roman Catholic and he was a devotee uh, of Saint Francis. Okay. And so what he used to carry around with him was a little envelope full of uh, St. Petal, uh, full of petals from St. Francis's Church oh. uh, in Assisi, uh, which are petals from um, from the dog roses there that the uh, that the monks sell. And uh, oh. anyway, this was a uh, this was something that he tra- carried around with him for protection. Look, that's that's a bit superstitious. Obviously, we don't accept that, but that mm. was just something that ma- mattered to him, and and I've just hung on to it, you know, because it mattered to him. Mm. And uh, I I've been interested to to read a little bit about Francis of Assisi because he was someone actually during the medieval period that was trying to rebel against the uh, let's say some of the the corruption and the excesses of the of the church in the mm. Middle Ages. He was actually born to a very wealthy man. He was part of a wealthy family, and uh, everybody wanted him to be a knight and go and fight in the wars and so forth, but he completely rejected that. He mm. rejected all of his family's wealth. He very famously stripped um, all of his... Uh, expensive clothes off in the middle of the marketplace, and and left his family, he disavowed his family name, and oh, and, uh, and and stomped off naked, and went and lived in the <laughs> in the bush. <laughs> oh and, wow! Yeah, and uh, he went and lived in the bush all by himself, and and just devoted his life to uh, to God, to prayer, uh, and uh, and basically the casting aside of of covetousness and mm. of excess. And after and and his idea was we don't need all of these rules and regulations we don't need all of this wealth this is all trappings this is going to lead us away from God if we really want to be focused on God what we have to do is just you know just just be us mm. and so he you know used to wear very poor clothes he wouldn't have any possessions he actually said look you shouldn't own have any possessions not even a Bible because oh. if you own one book then you'll want two books and if you have two books then you'll want three books and then you're going to fill your house with stuff and you'll be focused on stuff. Oh. And look, I don't agree with that. You know, I think mm. that that's, a, that's an extreme position, but that's yes. what he taught. Oh. Well, what's funny is that over time, um, a bunch of people thought that was a good idea and they started following him. And he um, established a, a monastery, and uh, you can go and visit it today. Uh, there was also um, a lady named St. Clair, mm. uh, who, well, you know, her name wasn't St. Clair. That's what, that's mm. what people call her yes. now. But uh, she became a devotee of his as well, and she established an order of nuns. And as these people began to grow, mm. uh, well, people liked what they were doing. You know, they appreciated their ministry, and they started giving them money and land and yeah. so forth. And so they started to accrue actually a fair bit of stuff, even though St. Francis' original teachings had to do with, you know, being very um, 
uh, very you know stringent about being poor, um, mm. they became a very rich organization. And along with that came the the rule of St. Francis, which is uh, you know his his rules of how his uh, monasteries ought to run. And it's funny how we often human beings feel that what we need to do in order to be free is to cast off rules, regulations, and stuff. And then when we start trying to work together, suddenly those things tend to accrue to us, don't they? And it seems to arise that we do need some sorts of instructions and some sort of um, formality in order to get anything done. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard about a uh, a church once that started in, uh, I think it was in the United States, probably around New York City, and they said, you know what, we're going to start this church. We're going to get rid of all formalism. We're not going to have any rules. We're not going to keep any any records. We're just going to follow the Holy Spirit. Mm. And uh, so they would have these, you know, meetings where they would just be spontaneous and do whatever they felt the Spirit was leading them to do. And you know what they did? After a while, they found that they weren't actually achieving anything. And the reason is that they weren't having any administrative meetings. They Mm. weren't taking any notes. People would have an idea and then they'd forget that they were supposed to go and do something about it and they didn't ever do it. And, you know, they just didn't get anything done. And and eventually the experiment fell over. So even though human beings, we tend to dislike all of those trappings, still it seems that we need them. And whenever you, you have human beings in the same room together, always there needs to be rules for how they treat one another. You see that in school rooms, you see it in shopping centers, you know, and everywhere. Um, even right here in in this room, you know, where it's only you and I here, but mm. you know, there's rules for the way that we have to interact with each other. Yes. Um, otherwise, you know, I mean, I could hurt you, you could hurt me, you know, something could happen that um, where uh, maybe I take your stuff or whatever. And uh, yeah, so we need to have basic basic organisations. I believe that, that that God gives that to us uh, in the Ten Commandments, mm. which we find in Exodus chapter twenty. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's quite interesting how the the whole thing to do with rules and everyone hates limitations and mm. you know that that um, that mindset of oh don't don't try and condense me into a box. Um, that's not really what the rules are about. It's it's actually very freeing, I think, and um, well, that's. Well, it, it is in a corporate situation because mm. the funny thing is we don't like rules when they apply to us and our freedom, but we yes. do want them when they apply to other people um, because, look, as soon as you get more than one person uh, together, always yes. you you see them putting up boundaries. You know, there's fences that go up. Yeah. Even when you have groups of people together, there's like some sort of delineation of, well, this is my stuff, that's yours. If mm. you come into my stuff, you'll get yours, you know. Oh, <laughs> <It's> yes. <laughs> like, there's some line that we put up and we don't we don't we want our um, our own personal space and possessions. And so we need rules around how that happens in order to order society. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure we'll be getting into Exodus 20 very soon, um, but we're going to a break now. So before we do, we have a listener question for you. What what rules did you hate in your family growing up, but you came to see they made sense as you grew older? That might be a a bit of an interesting one, depending on uh, your family. But what rules did you have? And we'd love to um, hear what you have to say. Do be sure to text us in on 0488880891. We'd love to hear from you. Um, this now is Looking Unto Jesus by Carly Fletcher. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us looking unto Jesus. 
looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Let us run the race, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. To Jesus, who for the joy set before him, at Jesus endured the cross. Despising the shame, he now sits at the right hand of God. Keep looking unto Jesus. Keep looking unto Jesus. To Jesus, let us run the race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. So let's run the Looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Let us run the race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are surrounded by. Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we are talking with Daniel Mateo on the topic of the rule. Before the break, we had a listener question: What rules did you hate in your family growing up, but came to see that they made sense as you grew older? Text us your answer on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We would love to hear from you. So, Daniel. Today we are talking about the Ten Commandments,、um, but before we get straight into it, did you want to share a rule you had when you were young that you didn't like? Ah,、oh, absolutely. When I was between the ages of six and eight, I think we lived in a house in Marsden in South Queensland,、mm. and in our backyard we had two large Torreliana trees,、Ooh. and. We, I had a, I, I used to love to climb trees when I was a kid. Same here.、Uh, yeah, <laughs> I had a certain branch that I wasn't allowed to go above in this one particular tree, and、uh, obviously the reason for it was to prevent me from injuring myself. Okay, <laughs> and、uh, anyway, th- these were very tall trees. You know, it's probably two and a half stories high, sort of thing. 
And I remember um, one day I, I thought, oh, yeah, I can, I can get to the top of this thing. And uh, so I just kept climbing. I got all the way to the top. You know when you've just got the twigs and the very thin branches oh, no. right at the top of the tree? Yes. And I remember I was looking down at the top of our roof, and it was a two-story house. So it was, that gives you an idea of the height. Oof. And I leant over to sort of really get a good look, and I heard a snap, and then I realized I was falling. And you thought, why didn't I die when I felt from that distance? Well, the reason is I didn't fall the whole way. I hit my head on every single branch on the way down. It was like boom, 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 boom. It was just lots of little falls and then smack on the ground and Mm. a little bit of crying. You know, and my parents rushed out and and I was okay. You know, they picked me up. You know, kids are fairly resilient. And then the next week I did the same thing again. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, there's a reason why my parents gave those rules. They were Mm. trying to prevent me from harm. But, yeah, that was mine. What about you? Mine was, I. okay, so when I was a young person, uh, it was around the time phones became a lot more popular. um, And I got my first phone at 13. So we had a very, my mum would really enforce this, a very strict rule of no phones on the dinner table because in our house, dinner is a very important time. But of course, I never understood that when I was younger. And so <clears throat> the moment I tried to get my phone out during dinner, I would have it taken off me. Um, so, yeah, but now as an adult, I'm I, if, if anyone brings their phone out during dinner, I get mad at them. <laughs> so I, I totally understand now why she did that. It's a very important time. But I, as a young person, oh, uh, it's just cutting into my time. I can talk to my friends. <laughs> but no, like that, I understand now. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's like that, isn't it? That yeah. Often when we don't have all the information... Mm. When somebody puts in place a rule or a restriction yes. in our life, we, we resent it yeah. because it stops us from doing something that gives us immediate gratification or pleasure. Absolutely. And, uh, and But quite often if we had that additional information we, we or as we gain that additional mm. information, we see why those rules make sense. Mm. And it's no different with God. I, I, often I talk to people that say, oh, I can't believe you follow that Bible. It's full of all those thou shalt nots and they're so, mm. you know, it's all about rules and you know, it's controlling your life. And I said, mate, have you have you read those <laughs> thou shalt nots? Like, what's the problem with them? You yeah. know, imagine a society. So that's what we're going to do yeah. today. We're going to go through um, the uh, the Ten Commandments. And we're going to see. Well, just imagine what would mm. society be like if people really followed these? Yeah. yeah. So uh, why don't we start with Exodus chapter twenty? We fi- by the yes. way, we find the Ten Commandments in Exodus twenty. Yes. And. I believe that the commandments actually start in verse 1 and 2. Most people start Mm. uh, with verse 3, but I think 1 and 2 are very, very important uh, basis or foundation for understanding the Ten Commandments. So would you like to read that for me, please? Yes, absolutely. We're reading from the New International Version today. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Nice. Okay, mm. well, how has that got anything to do with the Ten Commandments, people ask? Well, <laughs> well, the reason is this is the, um, this is the introduction, this is the, the pretext to <clears throat> God laying down these Ten uh, Commandments, mm. these Ten Ethical uh, and uh, Moral Standards for Humanity. Yes. And what he says is, I'm the God that has already saved you. Yes. He says, I'm God, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And you know what I like to do? I like mm. to put my name just after you there in the ver- in verse 2, and I like to change the word Egypt to the word sin. Mm. Maybe you can read that ver- verse 2 again, except you can put your name in there okay. and change Egypt to sin. Would you like sure, to do that? Sure, I'll mm. try that. I am the Lord your God who brought Carmelina 
out of sin, out of the land of slavery. You like that? Hmm. So God wants us to keep the commandments not in order to be saved, but because he's already saved us. Hmm. You see that? Yeah. And some people try and keep his rules in order to get um, get God to love them or notice them or, yeah. or save them or whatever, but that's not what it's about. God's Absolutely. already saved us. He'd already taken them out of Egypt when he gave them these commandments. Hmm. And by the way, uh, they'd already showed faith in him because guess what? When Moses said, hey, you guys, we're going to cross this Red Sea, they <laughs> had to step out and follow. That's, Absolutely. That's faith. So we believe that, that God loves us first. Mm. That's grace. We respond uh, yes. to that love. That's faith. And then after that, and that, by the way, that's how, when we're saved and fit for heaven as, as believers. Mm. And after that, God says, okay, you want to follow me? This is how I want you to love one another and love me. Mm. And uh, and Paul says that very well in Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and verse 8 to 10. He said, says, by grace you've been saved through faith, and this yes. is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are God's workmanship, made in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works yeah. that God prepared beforehand which should work, walk in them. That's the order. Grace, mm. faith, then deeds. So having said that, now that we know that we've put our faith in Jesus and we're following him, how does he want us to live? We can go on to verse 3. Would you like yes. to read that first, please? You shall have no other gods before me. Okay. So that's the first commandment. Yes. <laughs> and that is that actually lays down the value system for the rest of the of the commandments as well. What mm. comes first in all of life? And that is God himself. Mm. Now, um, this can be a straight away. This can be a really controversial stumbling block for people. Yes, I remember I was uh, I was at doing a little bit of a um, a talk. I was invited to give a talk at uh, one of our churches up in Coranda, mm. and uh, there was a, a man, one of our First Nations people, put up his hand and he says, "You know, as Aboriginal people, he said, we we love our families more than anything mm. else in the whole world." And I resonate with that also. As, <clears throat> You know, mm. sort of Mediterranean blood and, and yes. that, and family's very important. Absolutely. And and I said, he said, how is it that we can put God before family? Yeah. And I said, do you know what? I never loved my family the way that I did when I put God first. Mm. Because when you're plugged into God, a source of everlasting and infinite love, mm. you've got so much more love and self-sacrifice to give. Uh, when you're about, really, when you when you put other things before God, what you really put first is, is self and your yeah. own desires, and ultimately you'll be controlled by those uh, by those instincts. But when God comes first, then you're going to serve your family in a way that you never could before. Mm. And when you really understand His love, now I understand that people, you know, claim to put God first and yet become abusive, and I understand that's the, that's the that's the case. But to really understand a God of love mm. is to have a capacity to love family like nothing else and to love others like nothing else. Mm. But really what we have here is an inversion of value because what the what the world says is that the most important thing in the whole world is uh, is stuff and accruing that you know accruing that stuff together and uh, and what we have to do is to lift up self in order to get that but mm. what this says if you put God first he's going to provide for us and so we you know we um we can have all sorts of things that become gods obviously in the ancient world they were polytheists, so mm. there was all these other gods, and God was saying, oh, "I want, I want you only to worship me." But for us, you know, all sorts of things become our gods. Mm. You know, it can be sport, it can be a car, it could be a house, it could be a relationship. There's some people that seeking are seeking fulfilment from codependent relationships, mm. and that that is never going to work. When God comes first, we've got the we've got the wholeness. Uh, in order to uh, in order to move forward in other areas in our life, mm. so yeah, that's the first commandment. Hmm. Yes. 
Wow. Yeah. So number two mm-hmm. uh, is uh, is <clears throat> from verse four uh, to six. Would you like to read that, please? Sure. Yeah. Mm. You shall not make your make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Ah, okay, so here we've got a commandment against what we call idolatry mm. or creating uh, creating images to bow down to. Yes. And a- as believers, we don't we don't keep statues, obviously, of uh, of uh, of divine beings, you know, mm. that uh, for the purposes of worship. As uh, and that's the case. But you know what? I think there's something deeper to this too. Mm. This really talks about the way that. Uh, putting not putting God first can impact our families. I, you know the 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 way that um, the Old Testament Hebrew is often expressed is that you know God can do things actively, or sometimes if He just allows something to happen as a result of our own uh, actions, that He's spoken of as having done those things directly as well because he hasn't prevented them. Mm. You know, for example, there might be a story that where somebody did something and as a result, you know, that as a consequence of what they did, they got ill or died or whatever. But the way the text will express it is that, that God did that directly because he didn't prevent it. He's mm. seen as being active in it. And uh, that's a different cultural way of expressing yeah. uh, those ideas. The point is that when we make bad decisions, these things affect our family. And we see that all around. You know, I, I see people sometimes that struggle with problems with drugs and, the, mm. the, you know, that sometimes those issues with addiction can go down the generations. They can have a big impact on the children and, and the children's children if we don't make a decision to turn around and put out and, you know, to, to uh, I guess, make a change and mm. get that victory that we can have, we can make big problems for our family. And uh, God doesn't want that. He wants his power to step in and give us that victory for the sake of our um, subsequent generations, yeah, absolutely. And there's definitely research out there that demonstrates um, how addiction is something that is passed down genetically, and um, you know, the things that might um, that might bind us or be the sin, like how it says in in the Bible, you know, sins of the f- of the father become the sins of the son. These are things that have been proven genetically, which is quite sad, but they can always be, um, yeah, redeemed in a way, which is I'll amazing. show mercy to a thousand <laughs> generations of love, those yeah. who love me and keep my commandments. Amen. It says so in verse six. Love yeah. follows love, so mm. there's always a way out. Yeah. We've got to take a break. Um, just to remind you all of our listener question, what rules did you hate in your family growing up, but you came to see that they made sense as you grew older? Text us in on 0488880891. Also, we have a free book offer today, Bible Answers, 923 of Life's Toughest Questions with Simple Direct Answers Straight from Scripture. Be sure to stick around for that later. This is The Invitation Medley by Anthem Lights. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace 
to Jesus I surrender all To Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we are talking with Daniel on his series Facets of Faith and talking about the topic of the rule. Now, um, Daniel, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments. We have. And um, before that, we'll, before the break, we were talking about how um, when we put things before God or we create like a um, something to worship instead of Him, I guess. Um, did you want to elaborate on that a bit more? Yeah, well, just that that's gonna, uh, you mm. know, that that's gonna create negative outcomes in our relationships yes. and uh, and in you know in our in our life in our well being as well. Mm. And there's also you you were referring uh, to the the genetic effect sometimes yes. that our choices of putting things before God can have on not just us but on subsequent generations. Absolutely. And, but uh, I finished uh, just before we went to the break. I alluded to verse six. There's a promise yes. there. That even though these things can happen as a result of breaking God's law or putting other things ahead of Him, it says, mm. "But I show mercy to a thousand generations of those that love Me and keep My commandments." Mm. It's never too late, and I believe that sin is a you know something like throwing a rock into a pool. Yeah. You know, it sort of goes out, and the the ripples go out and affect everything. And you know, we have to realize that that all the sin and all the pain and all the destruction in this world that we see all around us and in this universe mm. all began as one little th- stray thought in the mind of Lucifer, you mm. know, in ages past. But if we make a decision that we are going to stand up and uh, and make a change, that that can have big um, consequences as well, well no, good big rewards, I should say, mm, and exactly. particularly eternal rewards. So mm-hmm. having said that, let's have a look at verse 7, which yes. we, we're we going to get to the third commandment. Third yeah. commandment. Of Exodus 20 we're in, sorry. Yes, mm. Exodus 20. Um, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, 
For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Mm. Now, this is a very, very solemn one, considering mm. the fact that uh, how many people in our society use the name of God as a swear word. Yes. In fact, I find it difficult to watch films or TV shows these days mm. because it's so common, yeah. you know, that uh, that people use the name of Jesus or the name of Christ mm. or the or just the name of God just as something to say or, or yeah. just, uh, you know, instead of, you know, like a, a phrase of wonderingment. Oh, my, yeah. you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and it, it, it makes me wonder why they do that. No, Nobody seems to do that with any other gods other than mm. the you know the, the judeo-christian god no one yeah. says oh buddha when they kick their toe or yeah. anything like that no one no one seems to do that mm. and i think it is because even people that don't believe have the sense that there is power in the name of god mm. and that uh, and that it's something that they invoke uh, as a curse word because of the power that accompanies it mm. and they, they wouldn't do it with any other deity because they they sense that the power is not there and i uh, but I don't think it's just that. I think that mm. it's important for us to respect the name of God in our speech. But I think that the deeper understanding of this commandment has to do with those who carry the name of God. Yes. Because in, in Numbers 6, uh, when the high priest is giving his blessing, he says to uh, the text says that, uh, that uh, or Moses is giving the high, the high priest the blessing to give to the people. And he says, well, mm. the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance above you and upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And then the text goes on to say, and I will put my name on the on the people and I will bless them. You know, so, mm. so when the God's people gather for worship, they receive his name. And uh, I suppose when I call myself a Christian, I'm taking the name of God onto myself. Mm. Yeah. You know, when I when I first learnt the Ten Commandments, I learnt this commandment. That was the ma- the main focus of it was: do not use the you know don't don't with your speech, um, do not misuse the the name of God. And um, and that's how I only ever saw it. But I did see another interpretation, which is what you're explaining now, which was it's about our actions. Mm. And you know, if we how you claim, live your life every day, yeah, like, mm. um, and also, you know, don't use the Lord, the Lord's name for your own selfish gain. Like, I do this because God's telling me to do it, or you know, um, using it a, a, to justify your own actions. Um, I found I saw that, and it really changed my mm. perspective of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, my perspective of this law because I thought, oh, it's just like a restriction on what we can say. Well, no, it's it's actually on everything. Well, not a restriction even. It's reminding us to not use God as a leverage or a bargaining tool yep. even. Like it's not what we're supposed to do at yeah, all. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. the, it's the ultimate appeal when you, uh, when you realize that you've been caught. Yes. You know, like... Um, guilty pleasure. I used to, you know, watch a bit of Dr. Phil back in the day and uh, when it was on daytime TV. Yeah. And I found that whenever somebody got found guilty in a, in a lie detector test, they mm. always said, well, you know, Jesus knows that I'm telling the truth. You know, like that was like a repeated thing that happened. Mm. And, uh, and it seems to be something that people invoke. Yeah. Uh, in order to get people to believe them. Yes. But this is a misuse of God's name because Absolutely. ultimately we're talking about the God of the universe. And more than anything mm. else, I believe that those of us that claim to be believers need to be reflective in our lifestyle, the way we treat people Absolutely. and the way we behave of the character of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Well, so that's uh, <clears throat> that's number three. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's go to number four. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to read verse 8 to 11 of Exodus 20. Absolutely. Mm. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. 
but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. God, on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor the nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day, the Sabbath day, and made it holy. Amen. Well. Uh, we're going to do a whole uh, show on that one next week yes. when we talk about the peace. <laughs> so I don't want to labor on this one too no. long. But in actual fact, you know, what this tells us is that God wants to spend time with us. Mm. This is a real God that really wants a relationship with us, and relationships are built in time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, do you feel like reading verse 12 for us again? We'll read the fifth commandment. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God, in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Mm. So there's a good principle here, isn't there? Yeah. Honor your father and your mother. Now, some people have said, but my father and mother are abusive. Mm. You know, so if I do what they say, then I'm just participating in my own abuse. Yeah, that's and, a tough one. And not just that. Um, there have been, uh, you know, abusive people who have related that to their to their children and said, mm. well, God expects you to obey me. It's there in the commandments. Oh. But it doesn't say obey. No. It says honor. Honor. Now, I believe that the we have here the value that we got in the first commandment, mm. which was God comes first. Yes. And I believe that there is a place for obedience in the family, but it's not unconditional obedience. Mm. Just like uh, we're called to love everyone, but we're not called to relationship with everybody. Mm. Relationships are conditional. Love is unconditional mm. in the Christian faith. I'm called to love my enemies, but I don't have to have a relationship with them. Yes. Does that make sense? <laughs> and it's the same with my with my uh, family as mm. well. I'm called to honor them. Yes. And sometimes that might include obedience. Often that includes obedience if, they mm. are, if they're godly and if they're, the thing that they're asking me to do is in line with God's will. Uh, but if they are dysfunctional, if they're toxic, abusive, uh, if they're hurting me, or mm. if they're asking me to do something that's contrary to the principles of God's law, mm. then the best way I can honor them is actually uh, to do what God says rather than what they say. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I had to, um, I did a little bit of a Google search last night for the word honor. And, you know, there's, um, there's the noun, which is like um, a place of honor. But there's also the verb, which is to regard with great respect. Mm, and nice. I guess um, it just helps us to know that it's not necessarily that we have to constantly obey, but it is asking us to respect our parents. Mm. And um, I guess coming from an Italian background, as you know, um, yeah, we were told always respect your elders. They, yes. they There's a hierarchy there that was un wasn't unspoken because they reminded us of it all the time. <laughs> but um, it was definitely part of our, my upbringing for sure, and I don't know if, if it was yours as well, but um, it was just because you're older than me, you must respect me, um, which wasn't always fun. But um, it did help uh, to instill in me that, that ability to be able to look at someone with respect, even if I didn't like them. <laughs> well, honor, honor isn't something we talk about much no, in our culture anymore, is it? All. You know, we, yeah. like this idea of being honorable and behaving in a way that brings honor to our family. Mm. You know, I think it's something that we need to rediscover in Western culture yeah. because there's almost a pride in being dishonorable mm. in our culture. Oh, I went out last night and, you know, we wrote ourselves off and, you know, I behaved in such a shameful manner. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that seems it's a point of pride almost. 
past yeah. for a lot of people in our culture. Which, honor yourself too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so to behave with honor, you know, yeah. to be an honor, a man of honor, and a woman of honor, yeah. you know, is a, is a high calling and a high ideal, mm. and uh, and something that uh, that where where people can look at us mm. and 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 that and that our example will bring honor to our family. Mm. You know, is a is a wonderful ideal to live up to, and I Absolutely. think it's important. Yeah, it's important for us to to have that as part of our principles. Um, mm. And look, and there are unfortunately we live in a, in a in a fallen world, and there are situations in which the best way that we can honor our family, if they truly are not function, if they're toxic people or they mm. are uh, causing pain to us, the best way we can honor them is to discontinue their relationship. Mm. And it's sad when that happens, but there, for some people, that's the way that it has to be. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to another break now, but before we do, we have our book offer. Bible Answers, the mega book. 923 of life's toughest questions with simple, direct answers from Scripture. Bible Answers is a magazine-sized book with a quick reference to Bible topics. It could be used for personal devotion, small group Bible studies, sermon illustrations, and understanding prophecy. Be sure not to miss out. The code for that is after the break. This is I Am Convinced by Anna Beden. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about the future, not even the power of hell can never separate us from God's love. from God's love and I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or on the earth below or nothing in all creation would ever stop separate us from God's love 
I am convinced that nothing can never separate us from God's love. Well, God left His throne so that we would surely know just how far God would go because of Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we are talking with Danny Matteo on the topic of the rule. As promised, the code to claim our free book offer for today, Bible Answers Mega Book, 923 of life's toughest questions with simple, direct answers straight from Scripture. If you would like to claim this book today, text in the code FACET12, F-A-C-E-T, and the numbers 1 and 2, no spaces. Text that in to 0488-880891. That is FACET12. F-A-C-E-T and the number 1212, no spaces, text that in to 0488880891. Be sure to claim your free book today. So Daniel, we have been talking about the Ten Commandments and we have a few more to go through as well before we finish up. So where shall we start? <laughs> well, so you know what, so far we've been talking mostly about uh, what Jesus summed up as being how to love God. Mm. You know, the first four commandments really are about how to love God. And, and I, I would say that when even when we love our family, it's an extension of our love for God, as mm. I alluded to when, when we talked about the first commandment. Yes. But we're getting into the last five now that really go into how we love our neighbor. Yes. How we love our neighbor. Mm. And Jesus said we have to love our neighbor as ourself. And, mm. and these five commandments will really teach us how to do that. Would you like to read verse 13, please? Sure Exodus thing. 20. Yeah. Exodus 20, verse 13. You shall not murder. Yeah, nice and easy. <laughs> and it seems pretty straightforward, and there's not many cultures that don't have this one in place. Yes. But Jesus took it a step further. He says, even if you're angry with your brother without a cause, you mm. know, I mean, even if you, you're calling names and, and being hateful, mm. uh, that you're hanging on to that hatred in your heart and that unforgiveness, that this is um, violating this commandment. Mm. And there's a sense in which. If we spend a lot of time hating on people and fantasizing about getting back to them for what they've done for us and yeah. done to us and not not moving on and letting go, well, this is going to affect our hearts. It's going to have that mm. negative opinion, even though we might not have ever actually committed the act of murder, mm. you know, that it's going to have a negative impact on our mental health and our well-being. God yes. doesn't want us to have to deal with that. He mm. says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. I'm going to take care of it. Yeah. You can move on. You don't have to let that person live rent-free in your head anymore. Mm. And, uh, and so that's part of it. Uh, some people said, well, you know, why Why is it that there's, you know, sort of armies going to war and so forth in, in the Bible and yet yes. this commandment's in place? 
I don't have time to go into that very deeply, but I will say this. There is a distinction in Scripture between uh, murder and, like, war, defensive battle. war yeah. battle. Yeah. Self-defense is not considered to be, for example, a violation of the commandment. Mm. And for those of us maybe that have a break and enter and, you know, people sort of carry baseball bats under their bed and things <laughs> like that, that they, God permits us to be able to protect our space. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. It's yeah. like the difference between manslaughter and actual murder. Mm. Like, murder is the premeditated decision yeah um whereas manslaughter you're in the moment and you're terrified mm. usually well manslaughter yeah. would still be a violation of, of it you know because you, you're yes. wanting to hurt them whereas self-defense yeah. is a different thing as well oh, but you're true. right Absolutely. there is a there is a dis- distinction for sure yeah yeah would you like to read verse 14 absolutely yeah. you mm. shall not commit adultery yeah and once again jesus extended this one he said even if a man look at a woman lustfully you know he's committed adultery already in mm. his heart what god wants from us is purity yes. and this extends yes to any sexual behavior outside of a, of a committed uh, marriage and I would say in the context of consent as well, mm. even within marriage but uh, having said that, what God really wants is, is purity of heart and mind and mm. uh, with the you know, there's there's a big problem with uh, online content at the moment, and and people developing addictions to that, mm. and that destroying their relationships and their ability to function well in life. And you know, God's wisdom is coming through here that He wants us to be pure. Mm. Yeah. Would you Would you like to read verse fifteen as well? Absolutely. Mm. You shall not steal. <laughs> nice and straightforward. That's <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah, and we would all agree with it probably yeah. until it's time to fill out our tax return and we think, oh, well, <laughs> if I could, I could just maybe do this or that and dodge uh-huh. things up so I get a few extra dollars. Mm. This is talking about being honest at any cost. Yes. That, uh, that our word and our faithfulness is dependent upon mm. uh, upon our word. And, and somebody ought to be able to trust a Christian, I yeah. believe, with their uh, possessions, with their, with their possessions, with their till, maybe yeah. if there's a, they're an employee, um, they ought to do what they say and, and say what they do, and uh, yeah. yeah. And so we get on to verse sixteen as well, please. Yes, mm. you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. Mm. Now, in right here, it's talking about a legal situation, but mm. I think the the principle here applies to all untruth. Yeah, I think that um, you ought to be able to trust a believer's word. Yeah. That if somebody gives you their word and they are uh, somebody that claims to be a follower of Jesus, that you ought to be able to trust that they've done what, what you've asked them to do. Mm. And, uh, and, and this idea of lying, you know, isn't reflective. In actual fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we mm. really want to follow Jesus, we speak truth. And uh, he actually spoke of Satan and he said he's a liar and the father of it. Yes. Uh, when he sp- when he lies, he speaks his native language, and mm. and um, so many times we want to lie to avoid consequences of our actions. Mm. Whereas a principled person will stand up and say, "Yes, I made an error here. I did it, and I'm willing to take this, the consequences." Mm. Yeah, that that's a that's a hard one when the police pull you over, mm-hmm. and they you know, have you got any excuse? And to just say, "No, I don't. I was speeding. <laughs> I did the wrong thing. I apologize. I'm willing to take the fine." Yeah. I always say that, and you know what? Nine times out of ten, the police, when I say that, they don't give me a fine. A lot of them are quite lovely. Mm. <laughs> like yeah, they, they're very right. understanding. But when you get angry yeah. and swear and say, oh, I didn't do anything, then that's, yeah. when, that's when they give it to you because you're being obnoxious yeah, often. Be, they make it difficult for them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, last commandment, and yeah. then, we're, then we're done. Can you read verse 17, for please? sure. Mm. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Mm. 
How often have you um, coveted your neighbour's donkey? Oh, well, every now and then. <laughs> and maybe today, they don't have a donkey. <laughs> maybe today it would be their car. But right? they do have an alpaca. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the point of this is that God cares about our thoughts. Yes. You know, and we're to have gratefulness. We're to live mm. in it. We're not to live in a in a keeping up with the Joneses kind of mentality where yeah. where nothing's good enough and we're never grateful. Mm. We're never. We've never got any gratitude for what we have. The whole glass half empty. Oh, poor me. I'm just yeah. living in the Western world with um, no warfare and enough to eat and, yeah. and you know running power water <laughs> and Wi-Fi and you know it's, oh, my life's so terrible. Yeah. Where, where to be thankful? You know, Absolutely. to live lives of thankfulness, and actually that'll bring well-being to our own minds as well. I've met mm. some people that have it so good, and they only see the dark side of life. But mm. but God wants us to to have gratitude and and. When we do that, I believe when we keep these commandments, I imagine if if there was a society where these these commandments were kept, that it would be like heaven on earth. Mm. You know, where everybody just chose to follow this, there would be no you know abuse, there would be no need for prisons, you know, there would mm. be no need for a police station. Yeah. You know, it would it would be amazing. It would be a, it would be like heaven on earth. Mm. And they. Uh, Sort of reminds me once there was a, a lady that was married to an abusive husband. He was very, very controlling. Mm. And he had a long list of rules that oh. she had to do and keep. And, you know, she had to have the breakfast on the table by this time exactly. Mm. And it had to be like this. And if she broke any of those rules, then he'd lose it and yell and scream. And mm. anyway, she lived like that for a few years. But she she used to hate those rules, you know, and every mm. opportunity she had, just as an expression of her freedom, she'd just try and break one of them, yeah. you know, just so that she felt like she still had some control over her life. Yeah. Anyway, one, one day the man passed away and, mm. uh, you know, with, with time, as time went on, you know, she she met another man that treated her nicely, and they were in love with each other, and and they uh, they you know they had a functional relationship, a good marriage. Mm. And one day she was putting some clothes away in her in her cupboard, and she found this list from her old husband. And she went, and she would just immediately the hair stood up in the stood up in the back of her neck. She got mm. angry, and she started to you know read through them. And by the time she got to the bottom of the piece of paper, she was in awe because mm. she realized she was keeping every single one of them with her current husband oh. and she hadn't even noticed. Oh, wow. And what made the difference was love. Mm. And sometimes people hate God's law because they don't have a relationship with him and mm. they, just, they just see it as a big list of, of rules. But when we have a real relationship with God and when we love him and, he lo- and we see what he did for us at the cross, mm. you know, we just naturally align these our lives with these things you know mm-hmm. so it's not it's not a burden at all and Absolutely. so if anyone you know i guess is you know struggling with any of these things i would i would just encourage us to just develop a relationship with jesus focus on knowing him and you'll find that some of these things will fall into place mm. absolutely well mm. thank you for joining us today daniel yeah it's wonderful um next week we have the peace on yes. facets of faith as well First, please fourth commandment yes yep. fourth commandment be sure to join us for that and also join us tomorrow with da- uh, pastor david maxwell and myself we will be covering the living word the word of god this song is My Heart is Steadfast by Ellie Holcomb. Oh, 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 oh. My heart is steadfast, oh God. I'll sing praises up to thee among the nations. I'll give thanks to thee, O oh Lord. Among the people, I'll sing praises up to thee within my soul for thy love.
truth that reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O oh God, above heavens, and Thy glory over all the earth. That those You love may be delivered, save with Thy right hand and answer. Save with that. 